Welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. Scott Engel, I am the king. I am fantasy. Here as I am every week with my good friend, the New York Prop Exchange Master, MLB Moving Average on Twitter. It is John L. John, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm great, Scott. Thanks for having me again. All right. Uh, so today we're going to cover running backs for Week 9 in DFS. We're going to also do Monkey Knife Fight prop picks, uh, 49ers Cardinals for Thursday night. Make sure you... Uh, you play at mkf.win slash daily. That's mkf.win slash daily. Use that uh, use that code and you'll get a hundred percent matching bonus uh, on your first deposit. All right, so let's start off uh, top of the field here. I got DraftKings. You have FanDuel. Uh, it's very interesting because you know there's a ten game slate here, and because of buys and other games. We're going to we're going to be missing some prime uh, some prime or some good picks here uh, when you have some teams not on buys on buys uh, not a, not available because of the, because of the slate etc. Uh, no Devonte Freeman, no Todd Gurley. Uh, there also won't be David Johnson because he's injured. Uh, Mark Ingram won't be available. Ezekiel Elliott not not available either. Uh, so you so, some of these, some of some of these 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 names are are off of the big slate. You really just have two big names, uh, or three big names, and and then you know kind of drops off after that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook are ten thousand five ten thousand and ninety five hundred, and really separated by everybody else salary wise. You know McCaffrey doesn't have a terrific matchup against Tennessee, but like we saw against San Francisco. He can do it even when the team gets stopped. He had a long touchdown run. Uh, you have to like Dalvin Cook against Kansas City. Kansas City has been consistently one of the worst teams against uh, rushing young, against running backs and fantasy points per game all year long. If I had to spend up on one of these two, if I'm rolling out multiple lineups, I'm going to go Cook for a slightly better matchup here. Uh, and I got to tell you, after watching him last last Thursday night, I became a Dalvin Cook fan, especially when he had a 31-yard screen pass catch and run and he was making people miss laterally. Very, very exciting. But if I'm going to spend up and I look on DraftKings and Dalvin Cook's 9,500 and the next highest running back is 1,800 below him, I'm going to go with Cook. Yeah, Scott, I agree You know about the guys at the top. Um, you know, I hate to cop out on CMC. It's Listen, it's tough to break down a guy like that. My notes are generally the same every week. He's the best player in the league, and if you have the cash to roster him, you roster him. My decision for him weekly is whether or not I feel the need to force him in because he's got that 40 or 50-point week on deck. I don't think that this is the week. Tennessee, their run defense is pretty good, and they have a, a tendency to slow down the game. You know, they run a lot, and they milk the clock. So this is a week I agree with you. If I had to pick my top guy, it's Cook on FanDuel. He's actually $700 cheaper. So for me, I'm getting my favorite option and saving a few dollars. So that's my guy. I mean, man, same thing with Cook. Scott, I'm with you. And I know they're different types of players, but I'm really a conservative, kind of old-fashioned run and defense kind of guy. To me, Dalvin Cook is my top running back in football. To me, he's maybe the best player in the game. He's an every-week guy. You know, he's he's RB1 for me. So, yeah, I, fan, me, it, I it's paying up for him at 9K on FanDuel for sure. 
in seasonal fantasy uh, overall, I I would for rest of the season ranks, I would have McCaffrey over Cook because he's outscored him a little bit. Yeah, and the catch. Uh, yeah, but it's close. Uh, after that, the next tier drops off to Le'Veon Bell at 7,700 against the Miami Dolphins. We really haven't seen the big Le'Veon Bell game this year. I believe only two, uh, two games with 100 yards from from scrimmage. But this is going to be the third. I think he's going to be a popular play here. The Jets' schedule is really starting to open up with James Conner at 7,600. We don't know uh, yet what to what to make of the injury. I really like Nick Chubb against Denver. That Denver defense is going to spend a lot of time on the field uh, with with Brandon Allen, a quarterback, Flacco out five to six weeks. Uh, and I think Chubb is really going to be determined to put a bad game behind him, which he fumbled twice. So I really like Nick Chubb a lot at 7,300. Uh, Chris Carson against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is more of a, of a pass-funnel defense. Uh, with, with teams attack the secondary, so I'm, I'm a little out on on him. And Aaron Aaron Jones at seven seven thousand, uh, one of my top plays of the week. Just love what I saw from last week. Uh, it's very hard to have a defense focus on any one specific sort of playmaker right now in that Green Bay offense. The way they're going, uh, guy who glides at really high speed and hits a second gear. When he, when he hits the second level of defenders, I would say in this range, I'd probably go Chubb first, then Jones, and then Bell, but I like all three of them. Yeah, I mean, again, agreed. Of course, you know your stuff. Uh, Scott, here we're seeing our first real discrepancy in pricing between the two sites, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you have them close, price is really going to be the determinant. For FanDuel, see Chubb is right up at that 1A. He's at 8,100. Granted, it's a 1,000 less than Cook and McCaffrey, but I still have Chubb up there as a 1A guy. You know, I think he's a premier back, and the price hasn't really caught up to him. The Denver matchup is is pretty good. Like you said, you know, team uh, players have done it against them. So I have Chubb up in that top tier, but since he's a $1,000 less, I think – Again, for my top back, it's a it's a salary cap related thing. If you have the money, I'm gonna go cook. If you don't have the money for cook and you have, you know, only eighty one hundred to a thousand less, I think Chubb definitely fills in as an RB one. Uh, on on FanDuel, where, where was I looking? Oh, Jones, you mentioned. See, he's up at seventy seven hundred. So if you want to compare the seventy seven hundred for Jones for the eighty one for Chubb, I think I'm gonna go for Chubb in that case. Jones is definitely excellent, but the price is kind of hurting him a little bit in my eyes. You know, Bell is at 7K. So if you have the if you have the money for both of those guys, Jones and Bell, Bell being the cheaper of the two, I still think I like Jones. Man, Bell, he just hasn't done it. You know, they were forcing him to rock at least the first couple games. He's getting 30 touches. That's kind of falling off a bit. Donald was back. As a Jets fan, I was hoping they were going to take off again. They looked really good against Dallas and then fell flat again last week. Man, it's very unpredictable. You know, Bell is going to touch the ball, but, you know, Dolphin is kind of – the Dolphins have played with teams at least for the first half of the first three quarters. It's definitely in the range of outcomes that Bell doesn't do much. C couple that in with the extreme chalk usage I think you're going to see. And, man, I could see fading Bell. I just – you know, it's possible he gets 15 carries and only gets 
65 yards, and it's possible he catches another six or seven balls, but only gets 20 yards. Yeah, he may get a goal line look, but the points just may not be there to pay 7K. Uh, I'd rather pay for somebody we didn't mention yet. Uh, Josh Jacobs, for me, is an every down guy, and their price is very similar. They're only separated by 200 bucks. I'd much rather have Jacobs against the Lions. The Lions are averaging over 100 yards allowed per game on the ground. They're vulnerable to pass catching, and Jacobs has caught a couple uh, pass every game. Plus, you know, you're getting the domination in snaps and touches. Yeah, Jacobs, uh, he was actually in the next tier on DraftKings uh, at 6500 And it's a really, really good price going against, going against Detroit. I think from a game plan perspective, that Raiders offense is going to want to keep Matthew Stafford and the Lions off the field because the passing game is being re-energized there in Detroit. So really, really good call. Uh, Marlon Mack, I don't like at 6300 He's been up and down, and that Pittsburgh defense is playing really well. Austin Eckler against Green Bay, I'll fade him at 6000 as well because even though he's still producing, you you know, the Green Bay defense uh, you know, is, is, is not terrible, but they're not great, you know, against running backs. They're, they're sort of middling, but you don't know how the coaching change is going to affect how they use the running backs. You know, the new regime might, might choose to unleash Melvin Gordon a little bit more, and I wouldn't blame them because – I think I saw Melvin Gordon really start to get his legs under him last week, uh, you know, watching him on film. So, you know, within that range of those three running backs, Jacobs is the only one that I like, and I do like him a lot. Yeah, listen, the, the middle range again is where we see a little bit of shuffling in in prices. You know, I probably have the same note for Eckler as everybody, that he, he's in play every week just based on the explosiveness. But listen, the volume is a worry. Like you said, Gurley is creeping back up. He's definitely has the lion's share of the running work going on. The, char- um, the Chargers are going to look to work on the ground because the Packers have not been great. They're averaging about 110 rushing yards a game. Uh, it's... It's it's definitely too muddy for me to chase at that price. Um, I only have one player marked in that mid-range. And for me, again, it's a consistent theme through the podcast week after week. Give me Derrick Henry. I like him at 6,800. The usage is there every week. I love the matchup against the Panthers. They really have not been great. They're allowing a lot in the ground. Um, you figure he's looking at at least 60% of the snaps, but he has 90% of all rush attempts. So what does that tell us? If the Tennessee Titans are running the ball, it's – You know, Henry doing the work. He really has a floor of at least 15 to 16 carries. We know we could see as many as 27. You know, the Panthers have allowed uh, 97 to Gurley, but that was a buck 40 total. They allowed um, over 80 to Barber, who's not very good. They allowed over 100 to the two Houston running backs combined, which are not very good. Fournette busted them for over 100. And then we just saw Coleman absolutely destroy them last week. So, for me, Henry is a low-priced option where – you know, for him, he's really script-dependent. If the Titans keep the ball on the ground and they skip to their game plan, Henry really could be effective and finish as a top five or six running back in the week and only 6,800 FanDuel bucks. Yeah, he was one of the guys I was going to go into next on DraftKings. He's just 5,700. I like where you're going with this. I expect a slow pace in this game. Uh, and if anything, you can run on the Panthers rather than throw on them. Uh, they're more of a run-funnel defense, so I'd like Henry. Joe Jamal Williams is 200 above him, but I can't justify spending 5900 when I get Henry there. I don't like Philip Lindsay at 5300 because of the quarterback change. Uh, and that also hurts him in seasonal. David Montgomery finally had that game that everybody was waiting for last week, but I don't like him against the Eagles. In the same game, Jordan Howard on the other side. Uh, I don't like him too much either. 
you know, and then after that, you you really start to get into bargain territory. Uh, Melvin Gordon is very interesting at five thousand because he may not be widely owned. Uh, you know, going against Green Bay, with a team that uh, we've seen can be run on. I don't think he's going to be widely owned, and they might give him more more uh, more carries this week. So. Within that range, I'm definitely with you on Henry, and the only other guy I would probably consider is Melvin Gordon. And it's interesting that Melvin Gordon is the same price on DraftKings as Alexander Madison, uh, who's uh, who's maybe the best run, backup running back in the entire league. But uh, you know, the, the the pricing isn't there on Gordon because the amount of touches and production we haven't seen yet. Yeah, and especially when you know a guy like Gordon has such an explosive backup, it's hard to bank on him getting the lion's share throughout the game. And if they fall behind, it could easily turn into an Eckler game. So now I'm off there. And again, the listeners and people following along know I'm, I'm really very stringent. I'm not into chasing running backs because I really like usage. I only have two guys marked down low. Uh, one of them is Jordan Howard. He's only at 6,300. Not a huge fan, but we do have to monitor Miles Sanders. I have that as an injury monitoring situation. Um, if Sanders is out, Howard has shown he can work out of the backfield, kind of catching balls, which is something that has hurt the Bears this year. They're near the bottom in you know targets, receptions, and yards allowed to running backs. Uh, if Sanders is playing, you could scratch that for me. The only other place I'm shopping at all in that bargain bin is I have my eyes on James Conner. For the Steelers, I don't think he's going to play. They talk about an AC joint injury. Consensus seems to be about three or four weeks minimum. If he's out, then the replacement there is something we definitely want to be into, especially on a GPP pop for value. Uh, Samuels is at 5K. Snell is at 4,500. I think we have to look for first-team reps, maybe go through the usage uh, trending there, and maybe we could find a bargain play in Pittsburgh. But other than that, you know, I'm really – uh, you know, I like my guys up top. I like Cook and I like Chubb. If not, I like Jacobs, a lesser extent Bell, then Derrick Henry, and that's my stable for the week. I don't really like to get too crazy. Yeah, on DraftKings, you have Samuels at 44,000, 4, and you have a Snell at 3,500. Uh, Devin Singletary's kind of interesting, but he doesn't get enough touches against Washington. 4,700. There's no upside of McCoy at 4,800. Freeman, you stay away from at 4,900 with the quarterback change. Obviously, veering away from Ty Johnson at 4,900 as well. Uh, look, I love Miles Sanders right now. Uh, I was saying earlier in the season he was running too tentatively, but he has some pretty cutback moves. Now he looks like one of the most exciting running backs in the NFL. Some of the niftiest cutback moves I've seen in a long time. Tremendous speed, receiving ability. If you play in a seasonal league and you can trade for Miles Sanders, you should do it now. Because once he gets healthy, this kid is absolutely versatile and electric. Uh, Mark, Mark Walton really has no upside at 4,500. Uh, you know, not not a guy that uh, somebody's got to tell uh, DraftKings that Kenyon Drake is no longer on the Dolphins and should not be priced at 4,500. Adrian Peterson, only 4,200, but not against Buffalo. Don't like Gore too much in the same game at 4,300. That that pretty much uh, scopes out the entire slate for us. You know, not going to bother with Trot Carson, who, who, who uh, if he starts again, you know, maybe the, the, the worst lead running back in the league. But to review, you know, I like Cook. Uh, I certainly like, like, uh, like Chubb. 
Aaron Jones, Le'Veon Bell to a lesser degree. Uh, love Josh Jacobs within that range. I'm with I'm with you on uh I'm with you on Derrick Henry as well, and uh and and the Steelers running backs. It'll be interesting to see what the health is on Miles Sanders. Uh, a lot of times, you know, with that type of injury, uh, I believe it's a uh, it, it's a shoulder. So a lot of times with a young guy like that, you know, they'll just shoot him up and let him play like they did with Josh Jacobs last week. And don't forget to check out our injury reports uh, from our Edwin Porras on the front, the front page. The new article is up where he's talking about a lot of those guys. So uh, you're listening to the Wind Daily Podcast with Scott the King Engel and John L., the New York Prop Exchange. And we can't be on the Prop Exchange without uh, talking some monkey knife fight props, Thursday night football uh, make sure to use the uh, URL mkf.win slash daily. That's mkf.win slash daily. And uh, you'll get 100% matching bonus on our winning picks that will give you. Okay, so we got the 49ers and the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals' past defense has been a problem all year. They have gotten Peterson back, though, uh, but did make a difference last week. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, interesting monkey knife fight prop, over 250 and a half passing yards because they do have Emmanuel Sanders, but this is still a run first team. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's uh, not a good secondary, so it's it's kind of, uh, you know, kind of an interesting prop here. This is the one that can make or break you, you know, if you're going for that five for five uh, monkey knife fight play on the over-under, you know, the five for five uh prize 20 times when you put in uh i'm gonna say under 250 because this this team's gonna look to to run first no matter what you know i think when you have a winning ball club they don't necessarily change what they do uh based on the opponent they'll say this is what we do stop us you know garoppolo's been a game manager all year long and i don't think it's going to be necessary for him to throw for 250 and a half yards yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, I think it's a pretty good line. Uh, again, you know, this is something I want to talk about before at the running back, Scott. And it has to do with being being careful of using uh, season stat rankings or their last. Because, you know, we have teams with buys, and it also doesn't account for context. You know, like, so, for example, granted, Arizona's pass defense by the rankings is very poor. But when you really take out the microscope, you'll see it's the games that they've gotten beat in the air they've gotten annihilated through the air. You know, almost 400 yards to Stafford, almost 400 to Ryan, almost 400 to Breeze. Other than that, you know, there's been some decent quarterbacks. Listen, they held Wilson to 240 and uh, Lamar Jackson 272, Daniel Jones 223, Andy Dalton 262. So they've been right around that 250 mark, and I'm not trying to tout that it's because of their defensive prowess, but more what you were saying. You have teams beating them on the ground, that's exactly what San Francisco loves to do. They love to they love to keep the clock running, and yeah. they're very good on the ground. So I don't think there's going to be a press, you know, to go through the air. Vegas has this at a ten and a half point spread. So to me, that lends itself to an under. I don't think it's going to be way under. But if we see a two twenty five to two forty performance through the air, I think that'll be what we get, and I think it's enough to get the W for the 49ers. Yeah, like like we're saying, this is a bad run defense for the for the the Cardinals. Kyla Murray, uh, two hundred twenty and a half passing yards. Murray's numbers have, you know, really started to uh, slide recently. 
and I don't see a turnaround against the NFC's worst, uh, best pass defense. I'm definitely taking the under on 220 and a half passing yards on MKF.win slash daily. Yeah, to be honest, Scott, I, I, you know, someone that's very much involved with props and monitoring lines and their construction, trying to deconstruct them for advantages or edge. I don't know how this line got up to 220. I'm guessing the assumption is the 49ers are going to be way ahead and the Cardinals are going to be throwing. But to me, that's not good enough. The 49ers surrendered over 300 once. It was to Andy Dalton. Surprise, surprise. After that, they have not given up 200 yards. The highest after that was 194 from Winston, then 174 from Mason Rudolph. You got 158 from Kyle Allen, and then 100 or less from Mayfield, Goff, and Keenum. This is a shutdown defense, man. There is no way I'm going over the 220. The, the Cardinals have just been struggling way too much, and Kyler Murray has really slipped, and I just can't show that confidence against the best defense in the NFL. George Kittle uh, on Monkey Night Fight over for Thursday night. 70 and a half receiving yards. Kittle's been kind of disappointing. So this is the kind of an apropos line. But if we, we're going to say that Garoppolo's not going to go over 250, uh, it's hard for me to see Kittle going over 70. Well, you listen, and we spoke about this last week, Scott, and it's true to kind of build your narrative. So that does work, you know, to not think they're going to go over the passing yards, but to put your receiver under, that makes sense. I am going to go over because he's still the focus of this passing game, even though it's not the forefront of their offensive strategy. You know, um, he's 70 or over in three of the last four. We're talking about Kittle. So, of course, you know, he's been the focus. And not to beat all these kind of old narratives into the ground, but there is the Arizona versus the tight end narrative. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hockey, yeah, yeah. You, you know, know what? You're right. For 100. You're Andrew right. Stolten You're right. It's 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 the it's Arizona. Sorry, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, brain fart here. Uh, <laughs> forget that narrative. I'm definitely taking the over. I forgot for a second, you know, who he was facing, and uh, you know, I apologize for that. If anybody's listening, but I'm definitely taking the over on George Kittle. If Garoppolo <laughs> throws for two fifty, a hundred of that's going to Kittle. Well, Scott, that was kind of my right. That's kind of my point. The efficacy of the San Francisco passing game, I think, will run through Kittle. So even if it's not a volume thing, I think he gets the lion's share regardless. Listen, the Cardinals actually performed pretty well. Who would have thought they were going to shut down Evan Ingram? You know, and I mean, the Saints don't have much to offer, but they they handled them also. But I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over. I'm going to. Kittle is really a premier tight end, and you know we've covered the struggle. So I'm going to go over Kittle seventy and a half. Tevin Coleman, uh, over 66 and a half rushing yards. Coleman's playing better than uh, than he ever did in Atlanta right now. Uh, I think there's easy over 66 and a half rushing yards against that Cardinals defense. Yeah, me too. You know, uh, he's had 62 or more in three of the last four. And I'm, I'm not really sure. I think this line is way low. Maybe the assumption is some, is some work from Breida. Uh, I feel like Colts. If he plays, usage. otherwise, you know, maybe it might be mustard. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. You have, and I, I guess San Francisco does offer you kind of a weak uh, usage profile. You know, it's a little money, but Coleman is emerging. You know, uh, man, you see 16, 18, 20 carries in three of the last four, 11 in the last one, but the 11 came with 100 yards in the ground. So I think with the opportunities will come the yards. Uh, so I'm, I'm way over 66 here for Coleman. I mean, he's really kind of becoming a, a feature back in the league. 
well, yeah, as much as he can be in a timeshare. Yeah, definitely the lead guy. And giving them the kind of production they were hoping for with Jarek McKinnon, but the knee was a problem. Then it comes in the next easiest prop for me. I, I'm not expecting a ton of passing yards from Jimmy Garoppolo, but Emmanuel Sanders over under four and a half receptions. And for me, it's easy over. Wow. Okay, good. We're gonna. I'm going to push back on you here, Scott. Really? And how's this? Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. And again, it's it's the 49er um, Is push it the for, Patrick for run. You know, they're uh, so run first. I'm looking at the logs right now. What if I were to tell you, right, we have eight weeks in the books, eight weeks in the books. The 49ers only have one wide receiver that has one game of five receptions. So well, that's why that's why they acquired Emmanuel Sanders. Well, well, they, I, I mean, they brought him in. He only had four. It came with twenty-five in a score, but it's not like the yardage was there. The yeah, but it was, it, was, was, it was. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it was his first game. They said they're going to feed him the ball a lot. Uh, I believe they acquired him because of the numbers that you just laid out. So to me, that's why it's an easy over four well, and a half. And 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 he might and he might go over. I don't think it's a dead under, but. You know, I'm just going to play the probabilities here. And I understand that, like, Samuel and Goodwin and Pettis are not the same quality of receiver that Sanders is. But they are a competent group. And if you're telling me no wide receiver has had six grabs all season and only one wide receiver has had five once, I just got to go under just because of the numbers. If they start yeah, to that's, that's what that's why over, I, I'll go, I'll think that's about why that I go in the, the other direction. Sorry, I'm interrupting you again. But no, 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 it's they, you know, that's that's why I'm going in the other direction because none of those that's why they acquired Manuel Sanders. So they don't and that's why he's going to get a lot of a lot of targets, I think. it's definitely in the cards. I, I think it's a I think it's a good line. I think it's a fair line. But like I said, I just see too many. There's way too many games where they the 49ers get ahead and then they just don't pass. You know, they use the running game with so many different guys and so many different styles of running that you know I just don't see them forcing the ball. And again, you know, if they're up 10 points, 14 or more, I, I just don't think you're going to see them throw at all. All right. So uh, again, mkf.win/daily. There's our picks. For the over under five for five prize twenty times what you put in, uh, we both think taking the under on Garoppolo, uh, the under on Murray, we're taking the over on Kittle, uh, the over on Tevin Coleman. We disagree on Emmanuel Sanders. I will take the over and he will take the under. Thanks a lot for listening and don't forget uh, to check us out tomorrow when it'll be myself and DFS Pro Javi. Thanks for listening. Thanks everyone.